Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 3 spoilers, commencing in 3, 2, 1. Where can I find the Jedi? Take the Foundling to the city of Kaladin on the forest planet of Corvus. There you will find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her you were sent by Bo-Katan. And thank you. Your bravery will not be forgotten. This is the way. This is the way. And welcome back, everyone, to Let's Talk About Star Wars. The Mandalorian Season 2 breakdown continues. I'm Garrett, here as always with Jenny and Tom. <sighs> and um, is this it? Is this actually the reason we started this podcast? Was it all leading up to this moment? Because at some point, I think this podcast started as a way to get really excited about the fact that Star Wars movies were getting made again, and we were thought we were going to just focus on that. But then it really, we kind of just realized that all three of us were absolute trash when it came to Star Wars animated series. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I, I think... I've always known, somehow, I've always known uh, that the TV series storylines could get me just as excited as the movies. Uh, and they have certainly had flashes of that in the past. I mean, I'm not going to discount that. But this is the first time I've had that shiver while watching a TV version uh, of Star Wars like I did in Empire Strikes Back, like I did, you know, in in The Force Awakens. Uh, and I was so excited. And, it, and it's the kind of thing that you don't get unless you have experienced the animated series uh, and and enjoyed the setup, the, the long-term setup, the tantric setup from Dave Filoni. <laughs> oh my God, like 10 to 15 years of setup. Right. Um, but yeah, it was so incredible because it was like... Um, they did a magical thing on this episode, which is they created a show that worked on two levels equally well, I think, which was if you didn't know anything about Star Wars uh, animated series, you were like, cool, he's going to find someone to help. And that was that. And, and there was ooh, a twist even then, even if you didn't yeah. know, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you did know, you were literally running around your living room with a lightsaber, which is what all the <laughs> Star Wars heads are doing on TikTok right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's so excited. It's great. Yeah, I wanted uh, to run around I, my room I with may. a dark saber, but they're not selling one yet. Get on it. What are you doing? Get on it. I don't know if I have the time codes available, uh, but um, I wrote at 11.48 a.m. on Friday, ah, uh, to which Garrett re replied, watching tonight. Uh, and then several <laughs> hours later at 2.02 p.m., Jenny wrote, ah, ah. Uh, <laughs> And then at 5.20 p.m., Garrett wrote, ah, which it was that kind of a day was the is the log of the moment uh, when all of us saw Bo-Katan arrive on screen. 
I like, I, you know, like a lot happened. So like uh, a lot happened. A lot uh, is available for chewing on. A lot is available for chewing on about what is going to happen because uh, uh, ah! <laughs> so true. So true. And, and like you said, Jenny, this is a great episode because you're not on the Mon Cala homeworld. You're on a another world that's predominantly the Moncala species. Uh, you get to see man sense, right? Like you get to see Mando on a boat. Like Mando there's all boat. kinds of cool stuff. Oh, so much <laughs> is happening. Um, but it starts with the most effed up ship you've ever seen, put put putting its way to this new planet. Uh, we get uh, the episode directed by Bryce Dallas Howard uh, has a very nice homage to her dad's movie. Um, Apollo 13, in which it, uh, it makes its way into the atmosphere dubiously. Yes, yeah, so, so um, a few people on uh, Twitter I saw posting like side by side shot for shot comparisons, and it's it is it is extremely well executed. So well executed. Um, and then you're like, okay, here more frog lady, all, oh, but it actually turned out to be really touching and sweet. Yeah, and yeah. like. Uh, simple, which is like each one of these episodes is so simple. It's like they break down storytelling to such a simple level that they're not worried about like machinations, which leaves them a lot of room to have fun. It, it's and very, I, it's like seems to be cut from Pixar cloth in how yeah. Pixar deals with you know emotional relationships. Uh, like this, this reminded me a lot of the opening of Up in its simplicity. It just had a much happier ending. Yeah. Um, and it is really nice and the, you get a, a reunited and it feels so froggy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get that great Mon Calamari who, I don't know if he gets named, but he's basically wearing like a Gorton's fisherman's outfit, which I just think is such a classy touch. Like, he's just like, yeah, I'll fix your stupid shit. <laughs> you want me to fix that? All right. I can okay. do it. And then, and then the bookend, it. the bookend response later of like, I gave you a thousand credits and that's the best you could do. And he's like, eh, take it or leave Fine it. Fine here, please. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty good. Ride. And who, uh, there was, it was too real for a scene that took place between a uh, intergalactic uh, murderer for hire and a fish man. But it really just felt like I was getting hosed over at the, uh, the, the Jiffy Lube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and man, the razor crest, uh, it is, you know, pieces falling off of as it's leaving Atmo. Like it's, uh, it's, uh, quite, quite the, uh, the, um, embattled, uh, ship. I, I, the, the character I'm most worried about at the end of this episode is razor crest. I know. I, uh, I, I saw someone online compare it to like a 1994 Honda civic, which is just like, it takes so much crap and just keeps driving. Yeah. Reason. The coat hanger is holding the muffler on. And, yeah. You know, like it's the door locks hilarious. don't properly work. It, it, to me, it really just made me think of boats, which made sense. Cause this is a, mm -hmm. a fishing village, but like, you know, we, 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 we go to the keys every year here in Florida and the amount, like the amount of just absolute ramshackle, how in God's name is this thing still afloat that you see yeah, down yeah. In the Florida Keys is amazing. It's always, always uh, offset by some billion dollar yacht right next to it. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's what made me hit that or video game skins. This to me looked like I was playing the old Republic and I got I unlocked the Mon Cala skin for my spaceship. 
Mm-hmm. I think there's a few uh, little little notes in this episode that kind of address some people's, not my own, but some people's concerns uh, about baby uh, or about the child's uh, eating habits. Uh, one, we see a successful hatching, uh, of, you know, and it looks like maybe not all the eggs are meant to hatch. We don't really know, but they, they are celebrating just one of them hatching. So that may be fine. Uh, and then also a little revenge of the food against the child mm-hmm. in the uh, in the the bar slash restaurant when the uh, octopus jumps out of the oatmeal and hits him in the face. I assume everyone who had a problem with baby Yoda eating the frog eggs has never had breakfast, right? Never had <laughs> eggs for breakfast. I've never had eggs from a sentient chicken. A chicken is sentient. It I talks, know, it know. communicates. It's a chicken. We make a choice. We decide it's food. How does baby, how do we know it's not food on baby Yoda's planet, frog the, eggs? The, how do we know? The critique I saw that I found the most interesting uh, was that if you're supposed to be in tune with the force that you, sh- you should know. You should, you should understand that that's a life form. He's a baby. You the child is not these- quite fully in tune yet. Yeah, yeah, he's like a cool. like still using the force on instinct, which is right. That's it's t- it's telling us that the child is not fully in tune yet. That also, he, yeah. we we haven't even discussed the possibility that the child might not be a light side Jedi. Oh. Like, who's assuming that? Right. Like, he could be a frog eating. Yes, I'm I'm, I'm not daddy. saying I I necessarily agree with that critique. Just no, the I one know. I found the most interesting. Uh, beyond Someone just, tried to end I can also me. I can also completely understand. Like, I didn't watch this with my mom, but I can imagine my mom watching this and being grotesque just to the max. Like, by, yeah, uh, sure. By baby have you baby. ever met a nine month old baby and tried to explain that he shouldn't eat something because oh, it's gosh, the last right? of somebody's line? Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't go over. Well, I mean, not even just a nine month old baby, three year old kids. Yeah. <laughs> st- you can't eat that. still sticking stuff ah. in their mouth. Uh, yeah. I, I back, go back to the, to the restaurant though. I, it did cross my mind. If you could just pull down the thing and hit the dispenser, couldn't just anybody do that at any point? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this doesn't seem to be one of those reputable honor system kind of places. I was curious mm-hmm. how how the security was on the oatmeal. But uh, it's like those beer joints you go to oh, where there's chowder. a chip in your chowder. cup so they know every time you go up and use it. Yeah, it so must yeah. be like squid that. Squid chowder. See, look, the squids, the Moncala are eating squids. Everybody makes a choice, you guys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, the Moncala is serving the squid. Line too. I mean, that's like saying nothing in the ocean eats other things that live in the ocean. Yeah. Which, like, come on. I disagree with. Um. <laughs> So, okay, so Mando gets on his ship and uh, we learn the dangers of wearing currency as your armor. Seriously, like who wears Beskar? Uh, that's the lesson I'm learning from this yeah. show is like never walk around with Beskar without at also, least hiding that it's Beskar. Has he considered painting it? Yeah, to look not as Beskar-y because that's what everybody else did. Like everyone else has been the Lorian Arbor, Boba Fett, uh, other people who are about to show up. Like all their armor is like dented and busted. And his but everybody like, knows it's still Beskar, thick. don't they? I mean, well, I, I no, I disagree. I think the storytelling is telling us that it's special that he has Beskar and anyone else that has dull painted armor is it's not made out of that same. It's material. not actually Beskar. Because hmm. hmm. okay. you think about it at the very first episode of The Mandalorian, his armor looks Mandalorian. Right, but it's, but it's not Beskar. Yeah, it's painted crap, <laughs> essentially. But like he's wearing dollar bills for an outfit, basically. Yes, he's thousand dollar bills. Thousand dollar bills. He's dealing with like backwater pirates, and he's showing up in a Ferrari every time. Yeah, it's like what do you expect? They're going to try and yeah. steal your wheels. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I have this feeling like I understand why he's wearing it, but also like God, talk about 
painting a target on your back. Yeah. On top of the fact that you're also running around with a force child. Yeah. I mean, like double whammy. Every time I think they're actually trying to capture the force child lately, though, it ends up that they're after the best car. Yeah. Uh, and this is another example of that. And uh, the, the the egg got broken. I don't know if he's going to be able to get a new one. Is he going to have to just carry the child around in, in the little Bjorn from mm-hmm. now on? Uh, well, next episode, we will see it also fixed with netting uh, and barnacles yes. holding it together. Maybe, yes. maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, th- I, I'm also wondering if this is going, uh, another piece of storytelling. Like they're informing us now that the, the threat level of the people that he's currently running into are just in it for the monetary value. So if we run into someone else that is actually there for the child, we're going to go as, sure. as viewers go, Oh damn, they're in the know. There's someone yeah. to fear. Definitely. Um, definitely. So, okay. So we, this was a big episode for trailer moments, right? So we got like a lot of the moments that were in the original trailer in this episode. Basically, the this fishing episode port, one, I think was almost the entire trailer. Yeah. The fishing port, Sasha Banks uh, uh, in her hood, uh, seeing Mando ahead of time. So it's not like he's going to see them. Right. And also like, Mando again, a little naive, like you just got to get on this boat with these people and, and they're going to take you to a place like it, I don't know, like I he's very young and childlike in a way, which I guess makes sense for the character. But I'm just like, buddy, they're going to dump you in the ocean or they're going to try. So I guess yeah. he just thinks he can get over them. But and normally I'd say he's right. He, he has all the you know skills and armor and, and weapons uh, to not be messed with. Uh, but he 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 keeps leaving the child out as bait right it's like dude you gotta keep that child closer you can't let him hang out and uh, yeah uh agreed but uh, so good when three mandalorians show up oh Uh, my god and i i had tricked myself i watched this thing twice i tricked myself the first viewing to that sasha banks in the hood might have been ahsoka it was clearly not when i watched it the second time i'm like okay i was totally fooling myself uh but it was lovely to see uh that we had three mandalorians one of them had been the one kind of keeping an eye on him and they were they were there for him as excited and over the moon i was and and how much squeeing i did when when katie sackhoff took her her helmet off it was doubled by the twist, which if you didn't even know Bo-Katan was probably the big moment where she's like, oh, you're a fundamentalist. Like, yeah, yeah. People think Mandalorians take their hats off all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I love that they didn't wait on that too long. You know what I mean? That they were just like, you dumb dumb. And because we've all been it. wondering, like, wait, but we've seen Mandalorians take their helmets off. Like, what's up with that? And now we got the explanations. Times. Yeah. And she even said like, oh, you're of the watch, child of the watch, you know, which now, to me death feels watch? like Death Watch. Yeah. But didn't Death Watch take their freaking helmets off too? Hey, yeah, but, but maybe you know, after I, the purge, they were like, mm, this is a new rule. It could be a splinter group of the of Death Watch, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's something that happened post because it was pre right. like it was the leader of them and he used to take off his damn helmet every chance. But he there's got. certainly an element of like, we need to return Mandalore to its roots. And I could see an even more extreme version of that spinning out and being like, we should never even take off our helmets. This is the way. Mm. And also, like, you know who knows how to give good shade? is Katie Sackhoff because she is just like uh, the way that she does that thing when he's like, you're not a real Mandalorian is just like, mm-hmm. it's great. <laughs> it's so subtle. And she's just like, I literally ruled the planet for a period of time. Yeah. 
Right. What do you think you know? You know, like. <laughs> Don't try know, to out Mando me. I was a yeah. little concerned too about that. The first watch through that kind of exposition drop of Bo-Katan explaining who she is. It was like, oh, that kind of hit the brakes. But like on the second watch, I'd like that they they had the helmet discussion lead into that. Like it, right. it, it, it kind of led off to, to Din judging Bo-Katan and Bo-Katan reacting to that with the exposition. I'm like, you know, if you're going to explain who the hell this character is relatively quickly, I think they executed it well. Yeah. Uh, and I also think um, uh, this is the moment, right? Like the Darksaber connected this universe to... Uh, mm-hmm but only very subtly and not actually out loud, right? We knew, we knew if you watch the shows, you knew that the dark saber was really important and was now in hands that one would not expect. But this is the moment where it is verbalized that we are fully in the storytelling five years after rebels ended. Man, go just going back to Katie Sackhoff for a second. Uh, I had a double image of Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica and actual Bo-Katan. Like she, she looked and acted like the Bo-Katan we knew uh, several years later. Uh, but with that Katie Sackhoff Starbuck smirk. Uh, and I, I just, I loved that because I felt like this is Bo-Katan who's, you know, had it rough uh, for for the past several years under the empire, and and is and is and it has become a little less of a purist uh, than she was back then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's that's Katie Sackhoff is the perfect casting for that mood. Yeah, and like just the the evolution of that character to just be like, well, uh, a lot has happened. You know, like imagine mm-hmm. all the things that have happened that we haven't oh, yeah. seen on screen. Like something has happened to Mandalore and we don't know what it is. We know it's bad, but we don't know what. And like, well, and that's the other thing she I've forgotten about that. She disabused him of the notion that Mandalore is is a wasteland. Toast, too. Yeah. Right. Well, like yeah, something yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, uh, another thing that's fascinating is, well, we'll get to that in a second. We'll put the brakes on that for a second. So basically, Dinjarin freaks out and flies away. <laughs> you you just told me that I, I'm in a cult. Like what? My whole identity is shaken. Like yeah. bye. I think that's reasonable. To, I, I to think. Expect, though, yeah. I, I like to imagine his, his immediate thought was, "Wait, I I could have hung out with the lady from the village. This is bull." <laughs> he was going to try to fly back all the way back to that planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a big shock to your identity, especially when you've been, I mean, for lack of a better word, radicalized or indoctrinated when you're a kid, like yeah. your man mind is not immediately going to be like helmet. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, you know, he immediately gets into trouble with more Quarren, Right. And uh, then they you come and save him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then at least then he'll go and have a drink with them through a straw, I guess. Uh, but, you know, you get a lot of good stuff um, that transpires and then they all agree to go rob an Imperial shipment. And I love probably one of my favorite shots of the whole thing was when they're sitting on top of I, I don't know if that was their ship or whether it was the Razor Crest, but they're sitting on top of a ship scouting the Imperial um, transport. And it's so casual. It's just like three Mandos sitting on top of ship. Like, <laughs> it's wonderful to be sunbathing on, like, right. yeah, yeah. on the Lido deck. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's awesome. And then, of course, you get 
Oh, these incredible shots of I never get over seeing Mandalorians fly and in formation. Like I just rewatched the end of which I won't talk about, but I just rewatched the end of um, Clone Wars season seven and watch the way watching people fly is so cool. And they do it so well on this show. And then they go and they, you know, you have pretty standard uh, beating up of um, stormtroopers. And then you get to see uh, uh, hardcore captain of the Imperials, uh, Titus Welliver, a.k.a. Bosch, a.k.a. the man in black, a.k.a. every hardcore uh, uh, role uh, that has ever been done in Boston by Ben Affleck, like... Titus Welliver appearing. So now we've had Raylan Givens and Titus Welliver, or sorry, uh, Bosch, uh, Harry Bosch. In, oh, right. He was in the town. I totally yeah, forgot that. He was in yeah. the town. He was in Gone Baby Gone. Uh, <sighs> I know, B, which is our the line that Matt and I say all the time from Gone Baby Gone. Uh, that's his. And, uh, you know, it, you could see the prestige of this show that like everybody's like, yes, I will take a 10 minute roll and then die. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> like, uh, it's very yeah. exciting. And and this is the kind of nostalgia sh shooting I'm down for. Right. Like this is total Death Star nostalgia uh, yeah. with nice little like role reversals of close all the doors, close all the doors, open all the doors. Wait, instead of open all the doors. Right. Uh but it's motivated, right? This is this is an actual empire transport uh, that is, you know, trying to keep the shreds of the empire alive uh, in the fringes by by running guns, which makes perfect sense. Uh, and so the the style would be, you know, the height of the empire, and you get to have, you know, the those gunfights in the corridor, uh, just just like in the original trilogy. And yet, it's it's not it doesn't feel like it's pandering. It feels like, oh well, yeah, that's what that ship would look like inside. Yeah, it's and just the design language. Yeah. It's so it's also so perfect the way that they also make the Empire weaker. Like the pilots of the transport are obviously like backwater pilot rubes who are like, I would like to be part of the Empire. Yeah, yeah. They totally <laughs> got requisitioned into that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're high schoolers that are they're uh, real nervous. Their first job and then you I get to wear a uniform. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> and then of course there's Titus Welliver who has seen some stuff. Uh, he has seen some STUFF mm -hmm. and, um, uh, is much more hardcore and clearly it's in direct contact with Moff Gideon. So like there's still some empire stuff happening, which is fascinating because also somewhere, don't you think there's probably some first order stuff happening? Like, like this is like the splinter times, you know, right. like where some people are still trying to be the empire and maybe some people have some different ideas about that. And you're in a really interesting time period that we are just slowly starting to explore um all on the fringes so obviously at some point they find the guns mando thinks the job is over the job is not over credit to them for not saying say it with me now this deal keeps getting worse all the time i've got a bad feeling about this i got a bad feeling pray i don't alter it like i, I yeah. almost expected katie sackoff to say pray i don't alter it further yeah but she was like no we're gonna take the ship luckily who uh, the scriptwriter exercised restraint of the highest yeah. accord because Thanks. that would have stuck out like a i would have i would have thrown something at my television john favreau yeah. wrote the yeah. script thank you yeah. thank you thank you mr favreau we were all thinking it, and that was enough. Uh, <laughs> if it was so, Lucas, they would have said it. 
So then um, obviously he talks to uh, t- Bosch, talks to uh, Lieutenant Moff Bosch, uh, talks to Moff Gideon. And he says, you know what you have to do or some business like that. And he shoots his own pilots and then goes on a suicide run uh, down uh, pressing full speed ahead. I some- assume the self-destruct button was uh, disabled. Or, yeah, or, the, that know, was a, only on the ex- the uh, yeah. the. Uh, the fancy version of the car, right. you know, like this is not that version. <laughs> that was the, the <laughs> deluxe package. Yeah. The deluxe package. You <laughs> didn't get that button. Um, but he was like, no, I could also destroy this town. Sure. Uh, so then uh, uh, there's some great like hallway action where they're all pinned down and only Mando can save them. And I, there's one, there's some part of this where I'm like, is Mando the only guy that's awesome? Like, or are they just testing him? Like, well, but they had to, to they him. had to um, save him a couple of times. It's only fair to make him say that. That's true. That's true. That's yeah, true. They, you they, do the hard work, Grant. Yeah. Especially like when he was trapped under the grate uh, and they were trying to drown him. Like he was really uh, up shit's that's creek true. there. Um, whereas yeah. again, I, that comes back to me. I think, I think the storytelling is if you don't see shiny mirror finish, it ain't Beskar. And so I think. Mm-hmm. In, in a, in a, and their, their armor probably wasn't as proof to laser bolts as his. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. that's where I went because they were all, uh, they were all hugging cover big time. And I think Dan yeah. came to the conclusion of, Oh, I can just walk into this. Like, yeah. if this is a fish in a barrel. You know, I can, I can take And what hit. I liked about that is it was clear that he couldn't just keep walking. He's not Superman and invulnerable. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've seen like, him take a shot before and it's yeah. like when you see people but it's get like, shot. I can, in, I can withstand it a little better. So yeah, yeah that'll give me enough time. There's still inertia behind it. <laughs> Right. And then he threw his little blow up buttons and took care of that. And then they got Bosch, took care of Bosch, who had a very cool little uh, end of life pill in his teeth that was electric. Yeah, it was like Emperor Lightning. Emperor in a Lightning. Tooth. Like, that's hey, what cool. Is a, what does a cyanide tooth look like in the Star Wars universe? Uh, just make it electric. And it totally <laughs> yeah. works. It totally, totally worked. worked. Uh, so they saved the day. That, that was a little funny, though, when she's like, you got to tell me where it is. And he was like, if you're asking, you already know. And I'm like, well, if that's true, then why did she go on this whole thing other than getting yeah. the weapons? <laughs> you know, she wants certainty before she risks everybody's lives, I guess. But like, yeah, it's like, of course, Moff Gideon has the dark saber. Well, I mean, which, they were by also the way, still going to steal the weapons. Yeah. And also steal the weapons. Yeah. So, um, so they get the ship under control and then, and then, and then, the best part. Uh! And this part, I was just like, there has to be more to it than this. But then again, it's the Mandalorian and maybe there just isn't more to it than this. But like, do you know the meme on Twitter where a journalist will work for two years on an investigative story about something really bad? And in the end, someone will just tweet it out and they'll be like, I worked on this for two years and someone just tweeted it out. Like, <laughs> it was really weird to me that um, she was just like, yep. Here is the address. It's 621 uh, uh, Caledonia Street on Corvus Island. Like, boom, that's it. I just told you where one of the five Jedi left in the universe. Not actually a Jedi, though. Right. Hashtag not a Jedi. They did not make that distinction in this episode. So, uh, and also, like, Ahsoka's better than a Jedi. Just FYI. (laughs) She doesn't have the nonsense. Um, I I always make that point, though, because... There, you know, the canon is that Luke was was the last of the Jedi, and right. it's technically Not true because Ahsoka herself would be like, you know, I'm better than a Jedi, but I'm not right. a Jedi. Yeah. She's a 
Uh, it's like a Darcy Carden in the good. She's an independent contractor, not a a full-time employee, but she's a force wielder and she's very protected. And he didn't even have to prove that that baby was a force wielder. You know, like he was just like, I need to see a Jedi. And she's like, I know where one is. You know what I mean? Like, that's weird. Well, my, my wife pointed out, doesn't Bo-Katan know what, or maybe was it somebody else? Uh, I think multiple people pointed this out. Doesn't Bo-Katan know what Yoda looks like? That's a good question. I don't know. Like, didn't she see him on the hollow news like back in the day? Actually, that's like, a good, that's point. A good yeah. question. Leader of the Jedi Council, Yoda had this to say. And- but is Jedi, is Yoda, this is a, this gets into some deep Clone Wars stuff, but like, is Yoda a public figure or is he a mystic figure? I, Mace I, Windu I just, strikes me as a public figure. I, I think he was I'm a public re- figure for, but I, I think the Jedi Council were as a whole public, public figures. figures for yeah. people that lived through the clone wars. I think I feel like Bo-Katan would look at the child and go, Oh, I definitely recognize that Ahsoka's mm. going to want to know about this. Like that yeah. could explain it. Yeah. Okay. So now may we, I know there's a little bit more in the episode, but it's basically like, thanks. Here's your ship. It's kind of bunk. You fly off a piece flies off your ship. Can we get to the part where we wonder how's this all going to go next week? So my, I'm wondering, does Bo-Katan know enough to know that Moff Gideon is after the child and therefore she will now follow Mando in order to see, to catch Moff Gideon. In other words, he's the bait Like she's fine letting him fly off to Ahsoka because that way she knows where he's going uh, in part. And then she can use that to ambush Moff Gideon and get the Darksaber. That's smart. Also, there's no indication that what she told uh, Mando is true or specific enough. And we have to Mm. assume that Ahsoka Tano and her potential compatriots, I'm just saying, uh, are because remember the last time we saw Ahsoka Tano in canon, she and Sabine Wren were going off to find Ezra. And don't you think it's a possibility that they all found each other and started something like a school? I doubt we see Ezra. I don't know why. That's just my gut okay. feeling. Uh, I have a feeling this is just, this is going to be fun for people who've already watched the episode and go back to listen to this later. Cause it's going to, I'm going to be so wrong. I have a feeling he's going to show up on Corvus and maybe run into Sabine because they mean, like to have him run into Mandalorian armor wearing people. Right. Like Ezra would be a jump. He would have to like be brought in. Maybe I, it's I, a, like, almost too many to bring in. At too once. many. Yeah. That's, that's a lot but of explaining to do. Yeah. 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 I think but Ezra Sab- is going to be our Ezra and Thrawn will be our, our, if if the if the Mandalorian even gets this far, I think it's going to be our bridge into the beginning of the First Order because I think they ended up in the unknown regions. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Major. Mm-hmm. Different show though. I think I would hope it was a different show because. And they're talking I will about say, Yeah, like I will say that like if you're setting up an Ahsoka Sabine thrawn ezra show then you really are doing rebels the live action and you should yeah. maybe a hera you should spin that off into its own show and let the mando keep doing these very simple episodes but i i, but, I love the idea that he shows up on corvus runs into sabine wren who's like oh ahsoka yeah she's not home right now <laughs> who are you yeah <laughs> they're not just gonna let anyone walk up but to probably some a lot more threatening and, and a gunpoint like why are you looking for my friend <laughs> 
Yeah, now, yeah. The other well, of option, course, right? right? The other option, and I think because of the Last Jedi, this is less likely because the story has been told, is that Ahsoka's basically like, I'm done. I don't, I don't teach. Right. I am, but I don't teach. I have stuff to do. I can't take responsibility for a life. Like I never was a master. I think you're right. Yeah. That's why I keep saying she's not a Jedi is what's going to happen. I I don't think we get Ahsoka next week. No, I I know. Other things are going to happen. I don't think we get Ahsoka till a couple episodes down the road. I think you're right. And I think when he gets to her, she's going to be like, yeah, I'm not a Jedi. Uh, I'm not going to teach this child, but let me tell you where you might find help and send him off somewhere else for season three. That's, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting thought. Like, how do you, how do you Bridger's, play that uniquely? Yeah. To Ezra Bridger's school for wayward almost Jedi. <laughs> Ezra has lost all his hair at this point, you know, because he buzzed it in the, the final yeah. two seasons. He finally just decided to pick it. Who are, yeah. who are the Jedi that he would be, that the child would be sent to? Uh, there's one in particular who yeah. is starting a Jedi school. Right. His name is Schmook Smymacher. But that would be a lot. That would, that would I, be a lot. That would, that's the end. That's the end of the Mandalorian series. Yeah. Right? You don't do anything after that. Exactly. And I think what they're really setting up, look, there's a, there's us going off about rebels and Luke and all this stuff. They are setting up. This is a story called the Mandalorian and there's a planet called the Mandalore. Uh, and like, that is the end game of this series to me is, is, is the Mandalorian like in, in some ways they have a baby Yoda problem on the show, which I hate to say, cause I fracking love baby Yoda, but they have a baby Yoda problem because this show, the moment he showed up kind of stopped being a little bit about the Mandalorian and was more about the baby Yoda. And so you have to ask yourself, is that a trap? Well, I don't think well, the, this season so they, far has been about baby Yoda. Uh, no, like, but it's a, it, no, he's, but the, he's the pushing the process. Yeah. The yeah. quest is about but Baby Yoda. It's in a foresee way, if you'll allow that horrible term, <laughs> like it's because of the child that he is even on the path that he's on yeah. and meeting the players that he's meeting and getting the help that he is receiving. And because- I, I don't think they introduced the child in episode one without knowing exactly where they were going with the child at the end. Right. right. It's not like they're like, oh, we'll just have this cute thing and then we'll get rid of it at some point. Like they're like, no, this is where this series is going to go. Uh, and we need to have the child be the be the MacGuffin the whole way. What I don't know is how you ha- have the child end up with Jedi and it not be Luke and Leia because it's not Luke and Leia because there's no baby Yoda running around in the future. Right. Well, there was that whole thing where Luke Skywalker had a whole ass school. If there's one thing we've learned from Star Wars, right? This is purely in the realm of speculation, but they're very good at basically just saying like, it's a big galaxy and stuff was happening somewhere else. And we just didn't tell you about it on the main soap opera. Right. Which is like Luke Skywalker had a school. I started a school for force sensitives and I had to end it. If the whole point of baby Yoda is going to be like either he died or just didn't ever become a Jedi. Right. And now he's, you know, I agree. Fixing but cars I'm just saying somewhere. like they have to figure that out because well, I, I guess where I'm going is I think he doesn't end up with Luke. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think he's going to end up somewhere else that there's going to be another, like, and this is where I like the idea that maybe they do go out Thrawn way uh, outside of the known galaxy. And maybe there are, force-wielding Jedi-like folks who take in the child. And and that's and that ties into what you just said, Jenny, where it's like, it's a big galaxy. 
he never crossed paths with the Jedi. He went off to these other force wielders elsewhere that we Which didn't even know existed. Yeah. Or, or force wielders we know from an animated series who just settled somewhere else. Like, sure. It, it I, spins off the, it spins off the Ahsoka show where baby Yoda is brought over there and she is begrudgingly raising this, this, this child. Yeah. But in a weird way that oh diminishes God. her and her yeah, yeah. like to make that, first of all, did you see the TikTok where they were like, uh, actually Ahsoka Tano is the, if you go by Harry Potter rules, Ahsoka Tano is the ruler of Mandalore. Oh, cause she defeated Maul in single combat. Who is the last person? Like, <laughs> like there's a whole, there's a whole thing that it's on TikTok. I'll find it. I'll put it out on thing, but it's, it's actually, I think I put it on a, um, a Twitter thread, but basically like they went through each person who had beat someone else to get the dark saber and become the ruler of Mandalore. And like Ahsoka was the last one to beat someone. So she is technically the ruler of Mandalore. Anyway, well, I thought that was fun. Maybe uh, that is intriguing and could, could yeah. tie in this way. Maybe delivering the child to some previously unknown force wielders somewhere outside the known galaxy. Isn't the end of this series. Maybe that no. he does that. And then he must return to to reinstate Mandalore because he just found out Mandalore isn't as bad off as he thought, uh, and he just found out that the watch, uh, the child of the children of the watch, are are not all that he thought. And maybe he is reenlisted to reinstate Mandalore's you know status in the New Republic and put either Ahsoka or Bo-Katan on the throne. Could be either one. I mean, Mandalore is not a people; it's a creed. Yeah. And there's a lot of like uh, knitting together different insurgent factions that could go on in the show that would be really cool while baby Yoda grows up and then like any soap opera he can come back and be like I'm teenage Yoda recast you know <laughs> like uh you guys didn't watch soap operas did you but, oh no uh, no I, I totally yeah. I totally get all of a sudden there's a baby They're and not gonna he goes away <laughs> to boarding school and he's 10 years older so uh it's a new puppet but like I, I think they're they're if this series does not center around the Mandalorian and his path and his journey and his growth, uh, and the ultimate end of that growth is a battle for a planet. I'm just, yeah, I think I, that right now, if I had to guess maybe end of, cause we're getting four seasons of Mandalorian. Do we know? I don't know. Um, I don't think they've said how many seasons they're making. I thought I read somewhere third. that they, they had, they had a limit on the number of seasons that they had plotted out and let's say it's for just for the, this argument's sake end of season three could be the, you know, finding the child's eventual destination and season four is the battle for the, you know, regaining Mandalore. Yeah. Or, you know, a lot of time passes and then the child comes back to help with that. I don't know, but like, it's weird because the child, you, you if he comes back, you would hear him speak. You know what I mean? Like, weird. I don't think he comes back. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I don't think they. I don't think they want to. They don't. I don't think they want to introduce that because that crowds the lore. Mm-hmm. When you do stuff like that, it's cleaner to be like, and now he's off over there. Okay, in a maybe in he'll show interview, up in another movie trilogy. Who knows? In an interview with People Magazine, uh, Giancarlo Esposito uh, specifically alluded to uh, story arcs going out until season four. I think that's where this okay. came from. Mm-hmm. That must be okay. what I, not, what I saw. A, not a hard declaration of this will only be four seasons. Well, and that's probably because they're like, well, season four might be two seasons long, right? Or the story we have to tell could be longer than than we think. So it is awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
Woo, we are. We not only plotted what we think will happen next episode. We we just uh, wrapped up the entire run. Nice, good work. I am I am unsure on all of that. FYI. <laughs> oh gosh, me too. Like this is all just speculation. Pure I'm speculation. not planting the flag. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't. Know. I'm I'm really just curious to see what the hell happens next episode or just like this season. Like, do we actually see Ahsoka next episode? I'm not so sure. So far, this season has been not holding anything back it's been pretty literal it's just like oh what you think is going to happen next well that's exactly what's going to happen next that's the thing that's going to happen well he's going to corvus so i think that's right whether right. ahsoka's there or not is what i think might be that's true yeah this is this has very much been planet plotting um also he was right there when they were talking about the dark saber you don't think he could put that together and be like by the way i saw no, it no he'd say this is the way din is a little <laughs> Slow on the. He's a little focus. He's like, yeah. does it involve the child? No, I don't care. It's not. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, this is not. We're, we're dealing with Indiana Jones, not Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> it's dark and it's a saber. I wonder if they're talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, we're dealing with a focused individual and not someone who's trying to. Uh, put must all be that guy. Together. Well, he might show up. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh God, I just finished the freaking uh, season two of The Boys last night, and like John Carlo Esposito can just be in everything I watch. Mm-hmm. Man can yeah. do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Bring he can back. do a lot of wrong in fictional. My universes. gosh, can you get him and Timothy Oliphant in a series? <gasps> Oh, oh, <laughs> collapse the universe. Goodness. Yeah. That'd that, be I, awesome. I, couldn't, I would not be able to handle that. Um, I mean, Timothy Oliphant would have to be a marshal. Oh, my God. And and John. And he'd be after Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he'd have yeah. to be a villain. He has to be an extremely well-spoken. Uh, There's villain. your gunslinger movie. People. Interestingly, that I know a show that already exists where that could happen. <laughs> it's called Better Call Saul. <laughs> right. Not that hard to do. Just hired Timothy Oliphant one oh more time. God, are we really mm-hmm. going to get out of the, the Breaking Bad universe without Timothy Oliphant showing up as a I Western mean, trope? Come on. It's it's the Southwest. Who would you send to find Saul but a U.S. Marshal? A U.S. Marshal in black and white. Sorry. Oh, uh, Sorry. I hope you enjoyed right, let's, uh, let's talk about Saul. Sorry. <laughs> but it could be. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, I am counting the days, minutes, hours, seconds, nanoseconds, whatever smaller than a nanosecond. Tom, what's smaller than a nanosecond? Uh, picosecond. See, I knew he'd know. I want that on my uh, until, until Friday, uh, putting out the plea. Don't tell us what happens. I'll watch it as soon as I can. I've never made it to watching The Mandalorian on Friday night. Like it's classic Friday night, sit in front of the TV and watch it. Never made it. Got to watch it. I, like I saw a headline on the website deadline.com that said Katie Sackhoff, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I got to, I have to watch it right now yeah. because I'm going to get yeah. spoiled. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I have to say, I never thought in all my life that I would see a, a Los Angeles Times article that said, Ahsoka Tano, what do you need to know? Like, that's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My girl made it in the LA Times. Like, this is a big deal. And and um, I also want to put a, a shout out there that if you have not watched Clone Wars and Rebels, I made a list for you. I, I went into Netflix or Disney Plus and I broke it down and I... I gave you a bunch of Clone Wars episodes and then a bunch of Rebels episodes. Not every single one of them has to do with Ahsoka Tano and not every single one of them you need to watch. 
they're sort of like a mix of you have to watch this and also these are great. So um, if you just want to really like dive in and catch up this week, there's your list. Uh, it's uh, Jenny J23, J-E-N-N-I-E-J 23. Um, currently, uh, my uh, display name is Mara Jade's publicist. <laughs> Where would you, how would you find that? Uh, that would be on twitter.com and I'll retweet it uh, when this episode comes out. Uh, I will tag it to everything. Because I want to look at that list too. <laughs> oh, I do too. It's not a best of list. It's definitely not an overall best of list of Clone Wars or Rebels. It's like, I need the feel and I need the the plot mm-hmm. and I need to know what happened. Check it out. Well, that sounds like a good place to wrap this up. Uh, folks, if you like this show, you want to write in uh, when we actually have some time to take some emails, send it into feedback at let's talk about Star Wars.com. If you like the podcast, you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash you guessed it. Let's talk about Star Wars. Yeah, you can do that. And if somehow you are unaware of where you can find all of the other awesome stuff that Tom and Jenny and myself are making, uh, Tom, we'll start with you this week. We're going to everyone find you. Oh, just head on over to TomMerritt.com. Links to all my shows, my books, and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, I was just uh, published in an anthology, uh, Raising Money for Charity, on Amazon as well. If you look for Quick Draw, uh, there's short stories from Kevin J. Anderson, Pierce Anthony, a bunch of other good folks, and I got two stories in that as well. What? That's huge. You're in with the big guns. (laughs) Uh, I... I have a show that I do that used to be called Let's Talk About Thrones, but now it's called Let's Not Talk About Thrones and talk about anything else that we want to talk about. And uh, we do have an election-centric episode about uh, the New Republic taking over from the Galactic Empire uh, up on ritualmisery.com under the podcast section. And you can hear, if you want, a long story about how at the end of the day they called the election... I vomited. <laughs> Ritualmisery.com. That's a great just name for a website, by the way. Yeah. It's very, very yeah. good. Do you not know about the Ritual Misery guys? I They're fantastic. Completely unaware, yeah. Okay, they are. Uh, I'm just all right. I'm I'm doing it real quick. Two guys, two veterans. Uh, they talk about games. They talk about life. They talk about parenting. It's a fantastic show. Every day on New Year's uh, day, uh, Eve, they do like a big um, mental health awareness uh, like marathon podcast. Like this is uh, Anthony Lemos and Kent Floor, and they're just fantastic, fantastic podcasters and we did a whole episode a whole series called let's talk about thrones with richard gunther uh, also and that was fun and this is the other part of the let's talk about verse that i keep trying to create but i have no time <laughs> nice folks i'm on twitter at garrett art uh my display name is currently garrett is talking about star wars again and uh, you can follow me on there you can find this podcast and every single other one that i produce over at amove.tv most of them are video game related so if you like games you should definitely check it out. So thank you for listening, everybody. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Let's Talk About Star Wars. And until next time, we have spoken. This is the way. Ahsoka! Ahsoka spelled A H H H H H H H H. Ahsoka! <laughs>